Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell, documentary filmmaker, churn podcaster. And I'm Sal Rodriguez, toy collector, comedian. All right, so here we are, episode eight, Molting. Let me say that again, Molting. <laughs> what does that mean? Isn't that like melting iron yeah. or something? Yeah, it just sounds exactly. Something out of T2 yeah. or Molting. It did get an 8.8 rating on IMDb, so it's another fantastic episode. I am completely emotionally invested at this point. And we have two more episodes after this for season one. And just think, there's a whole other season waiting for you. I don't want to jump ahead. No, you can't. I don't want to know what happens. I love suspense. I actually realize, as a TV and movie lover, I don't want to know what's happening. I want to think what's going to happen, but I really don't want to know what's going to happen. I like to be surprised. So let's tell the audience what happens. <laughs> We're assuming that if you're listening to this show that you've seen Cobra Kai, like if you're listening to season one, episode eight, Cobra Kai podcast, you've seen season one, episode eight already, right? Would you assume that? I would assume they have seen it. Okay. Because there will be spoilers. This whole show is a spoiler. And I would also assume, and if not assume, I would hope that they've seen The Karate Kid. I would hope so too. So we open this episode at, of all places, an auto junkyard. Yeah. And Johnny is drinking Coors, no surprise. <laughs> and he's wearing a Cobra Kai shirt, which I used to have one of those exact same shirts, yeah. part of my Halloween costume in two subsequent years. And he has a red jacket on, not a Cobra Kai jacket, but a red jacket. And he's donning his famous bandana. And he's standing on top of a van while he addresses his students. Yeah. And what's he saying? Well, what an interesting place to train. A junkyard. I don't know if they've ever used a location like that in some sort of training montage ever in a movie or TV show. The last junkyard scene I can remember is Stand By Me, and then there was one in Pulp Fiction. And Breaking Bad, of course. But if you think about a junkyard, it's a dangerous place. Yeah, not a place for kids. No. There's broken glass everywhere. There's pieces of metal that are going to dig into you and give you tetanus. You know, It's not a happy, fun place. In fact, if you're there as a student... What are we doing here is what you're probably thinking. So next thing you know, we're in the midst of a training montage. Yeah. They have baseball bats. They're bashing windows. Oh, that, it looked like fun. They're running over dumpsters. If they fall, they're going to get cut to smithereens. There's a tire course. Mm -hmm. And that leads up to what happens next. Johnny breaks out a dog whistle, blows it. And here come wild junkyard dogs. JYDs. <laughs> yeah. Chasing the students. And these students make a break for it, running for their lives, literally. I think Hawk might have gotten caught. He's bitten. Yeah. And Johnny's like, they can sense fear. And these aren't just little dogs. These are vicious looking oh, yeah. German shepherds and other tough dogs. Yeah. Like a few episodes earlier when Johnny installed the baseball pitching machine, mm -hmm. he's really taken this Miyagi type of training to another level. Then makes you think, well, how did Kreese train people? What kind of methods did Kreese employ that now Johnny's doing all these wacky I things? I think Johnny's seen a lot of movies and just got some ideas. Johnny was never trained by Mr. Miyagi, so mm -hmm. I'm only using that out of respect for Mr. Miyagi yeah. and his ways. Daniel is maintaining that through line. Yes. I don't know where Johnny came up with these ideas, Yeah, but I like them. Yeah. So we're not to assume that Kreese took his students. No. I think he was into raw, bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. I don't think that it dealt with this type of ingenious thinking. So back at LaRusso's, Anthony plays a game on his phone, Man vs. Dog. Is that what it is? I don't know the name of the game, but a dog is attacking a man <laughs> okay. right after the scene. 
And Samantha's looking at photos of her and Miguel. Yes, they are starting their love story. Samantha and Miguel. Interrupted by the doorbell, and who's there? I could not believe it. I was besides myself. Besides or beside? Uh, Both. When Daniel LaRusso's mother shows up. Such a throwback to Karate Kid. His mother from the original. Absolutely right. I mean, because you're wondering, this whole time you're watching Cobra Kai, well, what happened to Daniel LaRusso's mother? She was a pivotal character. Yeah. So So here she is, making her appearance. She looks great as ever. She's enthusiastic, happy to be there. Brought by Louis. So Louis must be her nephew. Yeah, I would imagine so. And now we can kind of see the family dynamics, which is kind of funny between the mother-in-law and Amanda. They have their own typical strain, if you will. Yeah. But the kids are happy to see her. And right away, they're talking about Cobra Kai, which I found interesting. Mm -hmm. The LaRussos are referencing Cobra Kai, and Samantha's a little bit... Like, whoa, I can't divulge too much here. I'm dating a yeah. Cobra Kai. And then Daniel asks Sam to promise to stay away from Cobra Kai. That's a tough promise. They have no idea that she's even dating Miguel. No. And after the experience with Kyler, yeah, she's just kind of keeping it to herself. Yeah. And Louie's mentioning some sort of ploy to get Johnny's car back from him from the work that LaRusso Auto did. Oh, like Louie's like, you should just take that car back. Exactly. Yeah, like you should take Johnny's car that you worked on. Nothing bonds a family more than some <laughs> Cobra Kai bashing. <laughs> Miguel is now training alone because Johnny says that's his best chance to win the tournament. I found that to be odd. No one else comes in that day to train, and Miguel's just going at it solo, but hey. I think the idea is is that Johnny believes that if any of his students have any opportunity at this tournament, it's going to be Miguel. But, I mean, Hawk has an awesome hairstyle, but I guess he doesn't have the skills that Miguel has yet. But I would venture to say, keep training. Don't keep the students away. Let them train, and let Miguel just keep doing what he's doing. But hey, listen, that's Johnny's dojo. Maybe they're all recovering from the junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> so... Miguel gets an alert from his phone, and it's from Sam. And so he's going to show Johnny who his girlfriend is. And Johnny recognizes her. Oh, yeah. Johnny discovers that Miguel's dating, quote, a LaRusso. Immediately pissed. Oh, yeah. Well, because he has the flashback to his car getting hit as to why LaRusso even worked on his car, because Samantha and her friends hit Johnny's car. And not just hit it took off yeah they did a hit and run so it was a criminal act officially so johnny has a very different point of view about the larussos yeah well at this point from johnny's perspective it's not just daniel larusso it's the larussos yeah don't be larussoed yeah it's like the whole family's a problem yeah he doesn't even know about anthony but if he did he wouldn't trust him (laughs) no so johnny tells miguel that he's got something to tell him yeah so they leave the training session With Coors in hand, Miguel drinks a (laughs) Coca-Cola, he begins to tell him a story that blew my mind. It blew my mind, too, because you get to hear Johnny Lawrence's side of his early meetings of Daniel LaRusso and also how that related to Allie. And pre-Karate Kid. Oh. It's like a prequel is happening. Yeah. It was so fantastic. So he starts with, it was the summer of 82. (laughs) Rocky Three had just come out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I remember seeing Rocky Three oh, yeah. in the theater with my cousin. So he says they go to see it in the theater, and Dutch is throwing popcorn at girls. Yes. And that's how he met Allie. Mm-hmm. Dutch disturbed these girls enough 
But Ali wasn't having any of it. She was a strong personality, and she stood up to Dutch. And Johnny, right then and there, probably fell for Ali. Yeah, and then he says that they went to golf and stuff on their first date. I love hearing another side of the story. And now we get to hear Johnny Lawrence's side of his early dealings with the LaRussos. So he says that he dated Allie for two years. She gave him the classic bandana that he wears to Mm -hmm. this day. They broke up, but he figured it was temporary. This happens at that age, and they were probably going to work it out. But Daniel arrived. Yeah, and they go back to the beach sequence. Absolutely. When Daniel LaRusso first meets Johnny Lawrence on the beach. And so in Johnny's words, he's saying they're trying to work through some things, and LaRusso's butting in. Yeah. LaRusso's the bad guy in Johnny Lawrence's story. And he sucker punches him. Yeah. Now, you and I know there's two sides of that story, too. He also (laughs) shoved him, and they show the shove. Yeah. But LaRusso punches him. And then, true to Johnny's point, months later, when the storm had calmed down, Daniel does soak Johnny at the Halloween dance. Johnny is sitting in a toilet stall, listening to music, rolling a joint, joint, (laughs) minding his own business. And here comes Daniel LaRusso in his shower curtain costume and hooks up a water hose and douses Johnny Lawrence. And that led to the Miyagi attack Mm -hmm. because Johnny now has to face Daniel for what he did in the bathroom and Miyagi attacks them. Yeah. He's like, he has his own karate expert. (laughs) And what do you say? One of his friends still had brain damage. Yeah. Something like that. Wow. I wonder which one still has brain damage to this day from Mr. Miyagi. So then he goes on to say that they both were in the All-Valley Tournament in 84, Mm -hmm, and he wound up losing, Mm -hmm. and to watch out for the LaRussos. Yeah. So Miguel's taking all of this in, Mm -hmm. and he's probably torn. He's overwhelmed with this great story, but yet he has feelings for Daniel's daughter. Sure. He's between a rock and a hard place, Miguel is, and Samantha also. Have you ever dated someone, Sal, that people said, don't date her or don't mess with that family. I think that women have dated me that people told not to date me. Oh, that's definitely <laughs> probably happened. <laughs> yeah. So now we're back at the LaRusso cookout, if you will, and they're in a full-fledged family argument. Yeah, particularly Daniel's mother and Daniel's wife, Amanda. They're going at it, arguing about cooking meals, and his mom makes a statement like, oh, well, you don't have to worry because you just have every event catered. Yeah, that was kind of a low blow. Yeah, this is the classic wife mother-in-law spat absolutely then they're arguing about louis and i think we're learning here that amanda is not so crazy about daniel's cousin louis now louis definitely the black sheep of this family yeah there's no doubt about it yeah and she even says if it wasn't for her meaning daniel's mother we would have never hired louis in the first place so amanda's not too keen on louis we definitely learned that so johnny and miguel get back to the apartment complex And Miguel's mother invites Johnny to dinner. Yeah. And that's kind of a cute scene. Johnny probably hasn't had a good cooked meal in a long time. Well, because I think Miguel's mother says something like, oh, what are you going to have for dinner? And Johnny's like, oh, hot hot." pockets. Yeah, hot pockets. (laughs) Johnny's a little out of his element. He's calling plantains bananas, which is not crazy. No, but I did learn something here. So I myself, as an American Mexican, I've always wondered, like, what is Miguel's character? Is he Mexican? Is he from El Salvador? I've always wondered that, you know? So when she says, no, those aren't bananas, those are plantains, in my head I go, oh, they're not Mexican, because Mexicans, I don't think, make plantains. So that's when I knew they were somewhere further south, and that's when we learn that Daniel's mother 
and grandmother are from Ecuador. Which and, was like, and oh. Miguel. Yeah. All right. So we learn more about Miguel's family lineage, which particularly to me as an American Mexican, I found very interesting. And the father's dangerous, we find out. Yeah. I guess we're assuming he was part of a drug cartel or something. Yeah, something. So they moved very far away from him. Yeah. And during this dinner, Sam calls Miguel. He excuses himself to talk to her. And she tries to get him to join another dojo. Yeah. She tries to get him to join another dojo, Leaf Cobra Kai. Well, it just kind of throws the idea out there. You know, like, there's other dojos, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know what to make of that, although yep. he has been instructed not to trust LaRusso's. Well, he says, I couldn't do that to Sensei Lawrence. So we know that Miguel has allegiance Absolutely. to Johnny Lawrence. Very loyal to him. And then Daniel walks in as Samantha's on this FaceTime call, and he says, oh, who's that? And Samantha says, nobody. And we see Miguel's reaction to Samantha saying nobody. Well, she says, my lab partner. Is that what she said? Nobody. Oh, yeah. And so, yes. He's Not a good a, moment for Miguel. No. No, he's feeling that rejection. Yeah. He doesn't even know Daniel. Mm-hmm. And he's not even mentioned by name. Yeah, he's feeling dismissed. And what Johnny's telling him is starting to resonate. Yeah. So after dinner, Johnny goes home and just has had enough of the pigsty that he lives in. Well, because I think this piggybacks on what Miguel's mother said. When she talks about her past talks about being a young mother, talks about having to break up with Miguel's father. And she says, you can't let the mistakes from the past determine your future. That's it. So Johnny goes back to his apartment and he has one of those moments where he's like, you know what? I need to change things. And he starts cleaning house, literally cleaning, which can be very therapeutic and cathartic. And the place looks great. Yeah. I mean, really, he could have made a lot of money from the Coors cans (laughs) and aluminum in his place. And now we cut to LaRusso's, where Robbie meets Samantha for the first time. Yeah. He arrives at the LaRusso house, and Sam is sunbathing. He sees her sunbathing. Obviously, you know, the hormones are there. Yeah, you could tell there was a connection. Sure. And Daniel arrives and informs Robbie that they're going to be training outside today. Yeah. He has no idea where, what, how... But he's along for the ride. No, and Daniel even does a last-ditch effort to invite Samantha. He goes, oh, my current student, this is my former student. Hey, not too late to join us if you want. She declines. To Samantha's credit, she was going to the mall with her mother and grandmother to kind of make sure they get along. Yes. So at this point, Daniel and Robbie are driving to the woods. You don't know where they're going. You know they're going somewhere to the sticks. It looks like Big Bear or Lake Arrowhead or it could be in Georgia for all we know. Yeah, somewhere, some beautiful landscape, you know, rural, woodsy, foresty. And Daniel tells Robbie, close your eyes, listen to the sound. And then he's like, what do you hear? He goes, nothing. He goes, yeah, exactly. This is what Miyagi-Do karate is all about. Exactly. So he's starting to get in some of the philosophy of Miyagi-Do karate. So back at Johnny's apartment, it's now very clean. We see an eagle and American flag painting on the wall. Kind of funny. There's actual groceries in the refrigerator for the first time. Because usually when you look in his refrigerator, there's just beer. Yeah. And so he looks for a beer, goes past the beer, and has a glass of OJ. Yeah. And then you see that little moment. This is where good acting comes in. You could tell that he's drinking that orange juice and suddenly realizes how good the orange juice tastes. Right. He can actually taste something. Yeah. He can actually taste something besides alcohol. Exactly. So next thing you know, Iron Eagle is playing on the television. This is the second or third time he's watched Iron Eagle. I got to see that movie. I've never seen Iron Eagle. I think it's on a loop. (laughs) I've always loved it. It's like a teenager version of Top Gun. Okay. But a lot of fun. And if you like Louis Gossett Jr., it's right up your alley. Okay. I got to check it out. Daniel and Robbie are now training. And 
Daniel's donning the Karate Kid catcher outfit. And yes. he's teaching balance. Complete with the face mask and everything. And that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, because that is the same outfit that Miyagi wore, right? Exactly. Did Miyagi have the face mask and everything? He wore the face mask. Wow. Remember when Daniel was like going around like a boxer? Yeah. Getting a little too, you know, yeah, doing hot, the fancy footwork. Fancy footwork and Miyagi takes him down. Yes. Okay. So then Daniel shares that his father died when he was young. We never knew that. Yes, that is a reveal as well, because I think along the way, throughout the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai folklore, we don't hear anything about Daniel's biological father. And Robbie wants to share who his father is. Yes, it's on the tip of his tongue. In fact, they even do a flashback to Robbie seeing Johnny hugging Miguel. So you think, well, he's just going to say, Mr. LaRusso, my father is Johnny Lawrence. But he doesn't. So when he flashed back to that, was it reaffirming his plan? Or was it just, I didn't know the purpose of the flashback. I think the purpose of the flashback was for us to think, the viewer to think, that he's now about to reveal the truth to Daniel about who he is and who his father is. But that moment also fueled this fire in him and this new plan. So I thought... Oh, Oh, okay. So that kind of affirmed So it's like, oh, wait, I got to hang on to this because that's where it happened. But... Whatever, you could tell that he's looking and feeling quite vulnerable. Yeah. But he held back, and they continued their training. Yeah, and instead he says, thank you for teaching me. Exactly. So he puts Robbie up on a tree branch. This is a horizontal tree branch. Pretty high off the ground, too. It's it's at least six, seven feet off the ground. Yeah, at least. Puts him up there, has him work on kicks. A hook kick. And the hook kick is what brings him down. So then that's when Robbie falls. Master all the kicks and let me know. Come find me. Yeah. But then, so Robbie falls and then Robbie's like, well, what now? And Daniel's like, get back up. Yeah. And we also find out that Daniel's a big hockey fan. Yeah. A big New Jersey Devils fan. Go figure. We don't ever see him play hockey and Karate Kid whatsoever, right? Never talked about sports in any way either, other than playing soccer. Yes. Yes. Is hockey big in New Jersey? Well, they have the Devils. Okay. And then he goes off, he excuses himself to go find a good cell phone reception so that he can watch hockey. So meanwhile, you, I love these parallels. The training that Rob is now going through with Daniel, the training that Miguel is going through with Johnny. We're seeing both these grown men groom and raise these young men. And one of them is the other one's son. Yes, that makes it very complex. So we're now at the movie theater again. And... Hawk is pulling a Dutch here (laughs) and throwing popcorn at girls. Yes, it's Miguel, Aisha, and Hawk in the movie theater. And Aisha and Miguel are talking, naturally, during a movie. And he shared that Mr. LaRusso hates Cobra Kai. Yeah. And Aisha knows Daniel through her relationship with Samantha Mm -hmm. and says he's a good guy. You just got to give him time. Mm -hmm. And so they're interrupted because Hawk is gone beyond a girl and hit a gentleman who's not happy about getting hit. Yeah, and so the guy stands up, all right, who did that? And hot cowers very quickly. Yeah. Back to the outdoor training, and Robbie has mastered the hook kick. Now, this is an interesting scene because then Robbie goes to find Daniel and then sees Daniel doing what I can only think is the impossible. He's doing a double arm handstand on this rock, Then he turns it into a single arm handstand. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It is incredibly impressive. But then Robbie interrupts, breaks Daniel's concentration, and then Daniel comes crumbling down. And then we learn that this was the most powerful karate kick that he was practicing, and only Mr. Miyagi can execute it properly. Yeah. 
Did we see that in Karate Kid at all? We didn't see this kick that he's talking about. No. No. All we ever saw was Mr. Miyagi working on the crane kick. Yes. So this so, is extra mysterious. Extra mysterious. I, I'm thinking we're going to revisit this at some point. I will not say anything. So back at Johnny's old house in Encino Hills, mm-hmm. his stepfather, Sid, is eating, and not very cleanly, I might <laughs> no, add. No. He's got stuff on his face. He's yelling at his nurse yeah, she, slash care provider. Yeah. So Johnny enters, and what does he do? Johnny gives an envelope of money to Sid, said, here's your money back. And of course, I'm thinking, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I guess the dojo's profitable now. Yeah, but I wouldn't have done it. I would have kept the money. And so how much money was it? (laughs) 25 (laughs) grand. (laughs) Well, this goes back to how much money did Sid originally gave him when he attempted to buy him out of his life? I've always said it was... 25k tops but seeing this handoff it could have been 10k i don't know why johnny would return ten thousand dollars really you know i think that moment was just to show that johnny's changed yeah it's not just johnny a grown man teaching miguel a young man to grow johnny is growing johnny is evolving so this is part of johnny's evolution i totally get why he did it i'm just saying I wouldn't have done it. Because he probably doesn't care for Sid anyway, so what's the harm? Keep it. But Johnny's not a person seeking money. Well, he has a lot of pride, too. And he has a lot of pride in principles, Mm -hmm. and he lives a very simple life, and he's doing what he loves. So I could also understand why he did it, just to get Sid out of his life for good. Sid says something like, oh, of course you want my money. That's what I always give you. And then Johnny says something like, that's all you could give. And then you see a little moment in Sid where Sid kind of realizes, oh, oh, yeah, I guess that is all I've ever had. Ed Asner is such a good actor that you see that little shift where you see that Johnny's words meant something to Sid. He always had power over Johnny. Yeah. And now he doesn't. Yeah, that's it. So Johnny is now completely a free man, you would say. So we may never see Sid again. I love Ed Asner, but I guess you may never see Sid again. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, again, I haven't gone ahead, so I don't know what happens. All right, so now at LaRusso's, Amanda and the mother-in-law are getting along famously. Yeah, well, thanks to Sam, because Sam is the peacemaker of the family. Now, I experienced that in my family for many years, where I was the peacemaker as the youngest of the siblings, until I said, you know what? Not anymore. You guys can kill yourself. You guys go on ahead. I'm going to go about my business. So Daniel comes in, sees this interaction, is pleased by it, knows that Samantha played a role in it, and invites Robbie to have dinner. Sure. And Miguel shows up yes, on his bike to see Sam, meet Daniel, just kind of mm-hmm. like, here I am, yeah. accept me. And what does he see? Miguel arrives at the LaRusso house to introduce himself to the family, in particular, Samantha's father, Daniel. But then he catches a glimpse inside. I think they're like... Oh, they're outside. They're outside, like in the back patio. He sees the LaRusso family having dinner, and he sees Samantha getting along quite well with Johnny's son, Robbie. And Miguel, again, probably thinking back to what Johnny told him, don't trust LaRusso. He sees something, he can't believe it, he's out. At that moment, he doesn't know who that guy is. No, but it doesn't matter. Right, he just sees some other young guy He just knows it's not him. Yes. And he's not been asked in, so what is he to believe? It's also the opposite of when Robbie saw Johnny with Miguel... And now we see Miguel see Samantha with Robbie. That's right. So it's a very similar moment. They've never met, but they've both overseen something very pivotal in their life. Yeah. So Johnny is now writing a letter to Robbie. Mm -hmm. 
And he has a photo of Robbie that shows he was a soccer champ back in 2010. Mm -hmm. And then he overhears something. Louis has recruited some motorcycle guys to do what? This was so out of the blue and really upset me a lot. Because everything's kind of going well at this moment for Johnny. He got the Cobra Kai dojo into the tournament. His relationship is going really well with Miguel. He's getting along great with his mother, who was not in favor of him doing karate. Yeah. Everything's going great. He goes outside. Here's Louie, Daniel's cousin, and two biker thugs smashing the hell out of Johnny's Firebird. Ridiculous. This made me so mad. Now, this was foreshadowed earlier when they asked about these two biker guys that showed up and then Louie lied about it and said, oh, yeah, I want to do some sort of sales of motorcycles. So that's what this was about. This was about him recruiting these biker thugs to help him destroy Johnny Lawrence's Firebird. Because LaRusso Auto had rebuilt it. Yeah, and then he's yelling out, don't mess with my family. Louis said something like that. Well, first, first he says, this comes from Daniel. So Johnny's not having any of this and quickly takes care of the two biker thugs. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. He kicks their ass, and then he's about to kick Louis's ass. And I wanted Louis's ass kicked so bad at, in that moment. Louis is a squirrely guy and starts to rescind everything he said. Daniel had nothing to do with it, but Johnny wants to know where Daniel lives. And then doesn't... Louis tell Johnny where Daniel lives? He does. And Johnny gets on one of the motorcycles (laughs) as his car goes up in flames because they'd poured kerosene or gasoline all over it and threw a lighter on it. Even Louis wasn't in favor of that. So the car goes up in flames. Johnny takes off in one of their motorcycles and he is beelining for the LaRusso residence. Oh, yeah. So... A great episode, and we have two more to go. Yeah. So, again, thank you for listening to us. Please subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcast. Yeah, leave us some reviews, too. We want to hear some feedback. Talk to us. Thanks so much.